Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. The first confirmed deaths from the novel coronavirus in the United States look like they took place in Santa Clara County, more than a month earlier than initially thought and reported. KQED's Kate Wolf has more. Until now, it was believed that the first fatality in the U.S. was in Washington State on February 29th, and that the first death in Santa Clara County was March 9th. Santa Clara officials revealed late last night that the first death actually took place in their county on February 6th, followed by the deaths of two others. We're hearing about this just now because back in February, coronavirus testing was extremely restricted. Santa Clara found out yesterday about the coronavirus connection after sending tissue samples to the Centers for Disease Control. For the California Report, I'm Kate Wolf. We're getting word this morning that the CEO of embattled utility Pacific Gas and Electric is stepping down. The California Report's Lily Jamali joins us now with the latest. That's right, Saul. Bill Johnson joined in May of last year, just a few months after the utility entered into bankruptcy protection following two years of wildfires caused by PG&E equipment. PG&E says Johnson will stay through June 30th. That is a state-mandated deadline to exit from Chapter 11, which would allow it to tap a state insurance fund in case of future fires. Jared Elias is a bankruptcy professor at UC Hastings. Here's what he had to say. He got the company through the bankruptcy process, hopefully, but then he's handing off the job of actually getting the company out of bankruptcy after the judge approves the plan and then dealing with next year's fire season to someone else. Still a lot of issues being worked out in this bankruptcy. William Smith, a former executive at AT AT&T, has been named interim CEO. That's the California Report's Lily Jamali. Golf courses, beaches, and parks are starting to open again as some California cities and counties begin to ease stay-at-home orders put into place to slow the spread of the coronavirus. But Governor Gavin Newsom is warning against reopening too fast because the number of positive tests, hospitalizations, and deaths have actually ticked up, not down. Practicing physical distancing has worked to keep those numbers relatively modest in terms of growth. But if we pull back too quickly, those numbers will go through the roof. Newsom says local governments can decide to ease restrictions, but they still must comply with any state orders. And file this under something you probably already know. With COVID-19 infections and deaths in the state rising, lots of Californians are worried about their health and finances. But a new poll turns those worries into numbers. KQED politics editor Scott Schaefer has more. 
The Public Policy Institute of California survey finds that nearly 80% of Californians are either very or somewhat worried about themselves or a family member getting sick from COVID-19. Concern is higher among Latinos and Asian Americans than whites and African Americans. About three-quarters of Californians are also worried about taking a financial hit from the pandemic, with half of lower-income earners and people with children at home saying they're very worried about their personal finances. Half of Californians also say the pandemic has had a negative effect on their mental health. Only 19% expect good economic times in the coming year. For the California Report, I'm Scott Schaefer. When hospital workers show up for work nowadays, they have to take extraordinary precautions to make sure they don't spread the coronavirus inside hospitals. And those precautions don't stop once they leave work and go home. Well, from time to time, we're checking in with Bay Area ER nurse Douglas Fry. Here he offers a snapshot of what he does after a shift at the hospital. I consider everything that I wore or took into the emergency department to be filthy. And I wipe down the seat and everything in the car that I touched, and then wipe down the door handle, close the car, I ring the doorbell at that point, and my kids know, come down, and I start handing them things out of my bag. They take that and unload it directly into the dishwasher, pass in my cell phone and keys and things. That gets set in another place. My N95 mask that I was designated for the day, I keep in a paper bag with the date on it to reuse if need be. They both go wash their hands, and then I take a glance around the street and sidewalk, make sure no one's looking, and strip down to my underwear, get my socks off, and then I step inside the house, and then I'm straight into the shower. I get to touch my face finally, which is so amazing. And then the best part of my day is I get to hug my kids. And uh, if only my wife were here, um, that would be the cherry on top. Fry and his wife are living separately right now because she has a medical condition that leaves her vulnerable to the coronavirus. The couple are worried he would eventually bring it home from the hospital. They've been apart for more than a month. KQED's Leslie McClurg produced that story. Healthcare workers are exposed to the coronavirus more than anyone else. And after their shift is over, many worry about passing the sickness on to their families. So they've had to find ways to isolate after work with some even pitching tents in their garages and backyards. But in Ventura County, north of L.A., they've got another option now. KCRW's Catherine Barnes has our story. Naomi Barajas is opening the door of her new RV. It's parked in the driveway of her house on a quiet residential street in Oakview, California, a small town between Ventura and Ojai. She's one of more than a dozen nurses in Ventura living in donated trailers next to their homes. Hey girls, you need to get shoes on. Sweetheart, can you help me get their shoes on? It's hard enough taking care of two two-year-olds under normal circumstances. But right now, Barajas can't help her twin girls put their shoes on. She can't even touch them. She's an ER nurse at the Ventura County Medical Center and doesn't know whether or not she's been exposed to COVID-19. So she's doing everything she can to keep her kids and her husband safe. So my trailer is a 2017 19-foot Dutch Aerolite. When you walk in, there's a little sink to the right and a stove. I have full water and electricity hookups. After her 12-hour shift at the hospital, she comes back to her RV. It's parked right outside her house. 
There's even a little radio in here, bathroom with a little shower and a little refrigerated that really needs to be stocked so I don't have to have my husband do everything for me. There's even a little bit of space for me to have a little table to do some meditation. Barajas got her trailer through a Facebook group called Trailers for Nurses. Angie Morales started the group. She lives in Ventura and is also a nurse. The trailer for nurses idea began with a personal need. I thought it would be ideal for me to have a trailer on my property and be able to self-isolate. Because I am working around a lot of COVID positive and roll out patients, I didn't want to bring anything with me in my home. In late March, when Ventura surpassed 100 cases of COVID-19 and announced its fourth death, she started calling different RV lots and dealerships around town. A lot of them were closed. Others quoted her prices she couldn't afford. So she posted a quick video on Facebook, along with her email address. Many nurses have resorted to sleeping in their cars or pitching tents. I simply feel it's not necessary. We just need a safe place to take a shower and sleep and feel safe that we're not bringing this virus into our homes. We take care of our communities and we hope our communities are willing to help take care of us. If you are a business owner of a travel trailer lot or RV lot and you are able to help sponsor us, please contact me. The idea took off. Now, when Morales isn't working, she's running a quasi-matchmaking service, pairing hard-working nurses with unused RVs they can park on their property. So far, her group has made 14 matches, including herself. Her trailer came from Mark Dragonchuk, who runs an RV rental business that would typically be taking off for the summer season right now. Normally, he rents out his eight trailers for about $100 a night to California road trippers, May through September bringing in about $50,000 a year. But this summer? All the reservations that we had, people had canceled, and not necessarily because they wanted to. It's mostly because where they were going, it was closed. So when he saw nurses were looking for a place to live, he started delivering them free of charge, or almost. I do have to charge them $1 just to make it an actual transaction so insurance stays in effect. He drops each trailer off, makes sure it's level, and shows the nurse how to hook it up to electricity, water, and plumbing. He says it's the least he can do. You know, if you're dealing with this kind of situation and you're putting your life at risk, you know, going in and dealing with COVID-19 patients, I couldn't imagine doing it. I, I commend them and, you know, I'm happy that I can do something that makes their lives a little easier when they come home. As cases continue to rise in Ventura County, Morella says she feels guilty every time she enters her house, even just to do laundry. So on her days off, she stays in the trailer in her driveway. Her Wi-Fi is bad, so she reads a lot and FaceTimes and texts her husband and kids, who are 15 and 21. My son is in high school, and since the high schools have closed, uh, it's really hard for me to help him with his homework. For Naomi Barajas, who has the twin toddlers, keeping that six feet is even harder. Her girls are afraid of the mask she wears when they're together. Listen, sweetheart, mommy has to wear a mask so she doesn't get you sick. Sweetheart, sweetheart, it's okay. She interacts with them in the backyard where she reads to them on the grass from a distance until her next shift starts. I will read you a book tomorrow. Mommy has to go get ready for work. Okay? I love you. I will come back, sweetheart. Back in the trailer, she changes for work while her husband takes care of the kids. People are praising all of the frontline workers, which is 
appreciative, but there are so many spouses at home holding up the family front line. The Trailers for Nurses Facebook group is getting new requests and donations each day. A separate group, RVs for MDs, is matching healthcare workers from around the country with trailers near them. For the California Report, I'm Katherine Barnes. And finally, Lewis McAdams has died, a poet and environmentalist. For more than 30 years, McAdams championed the restoration of the Los Angeles River through his art and activism and by founding the group The Friends of the L.A. River. When McAdams began his work in the 1980s, the 51-mile-long waterway encased in concrete was often ignored or treated as the butt of jokes. Now stretches of the L.A. River have been restored to a more natural state, and it's become a popular spot for cycling, walking, and even some summer kayaking. Here is Lewis McAdams reading a portion of his poem, The River. Whether it's ugly or beautiful, poisoned and imprisoned, or flooding fresh and free, The Los Angeles River will always flow, and lovers will always walk along its banks holding hands, and people who have no homes will make it their homes. That's poet and L.A. River activist Lewis McAdams, who died Tuesday from complications related to Parkinson's. He was 75. And that is the California Report for Wednesday, April 22nd. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Be well, everyone. Support for the California Report comes from California Earthquake Authority, offering earthquake insurance to help Californians protect their financial futures. EarthquakeAuthority.com. Personal Capital offering customized, socially responsible investing options to align with personal values, addressing environmental, social, and corporate governance. PersonalCapital.com And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose Fund for Strategic Innovation supports transformative ideas that benefit humanity while protecting the natural world, recognizing through science the interdependence of all living systems. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find the link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. 
the land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts.